You're listening to the cycling podcast Femina, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Well, welcome to the cycling podcast Femina. And can I say for the first time in several months, it is normal service as usual. No, normal service, normal <laughs> service resumed. I can't even get that right. <laughs> I can't even get that right. So Hello, it, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting too excited, Rosie. You're too excited. I know. I know. I am. I am. I would say introducing these two is going to be like putting on a pair. Oh, I should say my, my name's Rose Manley. I've totally messed this up. I've totally entirely messed up. You see how out of practice I am. But introducing these two will be like slipping on a pair of your favourite old battered slippers, won't it? Oh, my co-host. My lovely. Never washed, <laughs> falling, falling yeah. apart. Maybe once looked quite good. <laughs> well, I'm going you... to keep them round for familiarity. Yeah. That's us. So that is Orla Shenoui and oh, Richard Moore. Am I right fit or left fit? Hello. Hello, hello. Are we, am I right foot or left foot? Well, as I'm looking on you on this Zoom call, you are right foot. Oh, and Richard perfect, is left perfect. foot. That's what, I, that's what I've always wanted to be. Excellent. But there's something, I guess being right foot sounds better, doesn't it? But why is that? What's the bearing on that? The, well, the, do you the, know the what? Dominant, the dominant foot. The dominant There's a funny foot. thing in Northern Ireland when I was growing up that the other side always kicked with the left foot. And I didn't realise this because I always assumed growing up Catholic that it was the done thing to say that Protestants kicked with the left foot, but I didn't realise that Protestants always said that Catholics kicked with the left foot as well. So there you go. It's just the other, oh, really. So Richard, oh. you are the other. That's fine. Oh. I'm happy with that. Wow. <laughs> well, have you missed me? I've been yes. gone for oh, so many months. Terribly. Well, yeah, welcome back. Like a, welcome back and congratulations, like Rose, because... Tatty, uh, well, comfortable bathrobe. Yes. We, we, well, we, start, we started this call with four of us, didn't we? We did, we did. We did. And that wasn't including the two of Orla that we could see. No. <laughs> Orla's two I, angles. Yeah, I had, a, I had a slight technical mishap. I was like, you can never have enough of me. You will watch me in double, <laughs> double vision. No, no, we had little, baby Rose as yes, well. Yes, little baby Tamsin, um, who looks, who is still the spitting image of my partner. So it's like carrying a little baby Phil around, really, with me. Aww. I do often think that people think must think, why is that woman carrying her boyfriend in miniature form around with her? But, <laughs> but Do you know, you I go. find this whenever Eve was born, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes whenever the babies are born, they look really, really like their fathers. Mm. And so Eve looked, in my head anyway, she looked really, really, really like my husband. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and seeing Moore's face beside me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Eve's head has suddenly become massive. <laughs> but apparently that is actually an evolutionary uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. That is, yeah, yeah, to, stop, yeah, to stop the man running away. Yeah, because yeah. then you know, because yeah. if you've been sleeping with everyone in the village, at least you know whose is whose. So it's, yeah. yeah. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? Very yeah. effective though, because I, I, I stuck around. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but why doesn't the man just believe her you know you could just go with faith and trust yeah I, I thought it was actually because the man is such a narcissist that he falls in yeah. love with the baby because it looks like him oh, oh right it could be that as well it could be that bit yeah. of that bit that. of that in there as well bit of that as- <laughs> yeah 
Wow. Well, anyway, I should I should say that even though this introduction feels like it, it might feel like it's taking forever, we have actually been chatting for the last hour and twenty two <laughs> minutes. We've only just started to record. <laughs> it's only when we got to the point where it's we thought we actually need to finish this podcast at some time tonight before that we midnight. To, yeah, yeah. To... Start it. Start it. Never mind. Yeah, finish but it. Um, I'm glad that we're all us three witches are back together again. That's uh... <laughs> lovely to be back. Bubble, in bubble, the chair. toil and trouble. Yeah, nice to be back together. Well, we've got plenty to talk about. Well, I always say we've got plenty to talk about. But, I mean, this is the beginning of the new season. There's a number of new teams popping up in the women's peloton. There's a number of big transfers. There's all sorts going on. New races, of course. We've got big, big new races coming. Um, And, uh, yes, we've got plenty to get on with. We're going to be picking out our things to look out for for the rest of the season between us. But before all that, as, you know, as we... as Every podcast should start with all is news round up. <laughs> Shouldn't it just say every podcast in the world? Every podcast will um, stop, yeah. Yes. Um, we're going to start actually with what has been the biggest news to come out of the world of women's cycling since we last met. And it's horrible news and I hate to even talk about it, but it is important. And that is the crash involving Amy Peters. If anyone has missed this, she was training with the Dutch track team in Spain in December. She crashed and lost consciousness. She was airlifted to hospital, put in a medically induced coma. She is now being treated back in the Netherlands. And Works released an official medical update saying that she has shown improvement. She is breathing on her own, but she is still unconscious. So um, we obviously send all of our best wishes and prayers and thoughts and love to Amy and all of her friends and teammates and family. Um, we just hope she gets um, back up and running uh, as soon as possible and that she is well. Um, on to racing then. And um, there obviously hasn't been much racing. We're only in January. But the Australian neo-pro Ruby Roseman Gannon won the third stage and the overall at the Santos Festival for Bike Exchange Jayco. Uh, Nicole Train of Rock Salt Live Shram finished second overall with Maeve Plouffe of Ara Pro Racing Sunshine Coast in third. Now I was looking down through um, the uh, top 25 actually is how far I got before I found a non-Australian in uh, the GC and that was the Irish woman Megan Armitage um, well fancy of that Team Westpac <laughs> and, well I didn't make it up Megan did it all by herself or probably <laughs> with the Team Westpac support um, but I will give a shout out but I was just looking to see how many non-Australians were in it actually because obviously the race has, has changed and become almost entirely in um, uh, Southern Hemisphere really since transferring from the Tour Down Under. And another Australian, Georgia Baker, continued the bike exchange Jayco run of success at the Santos Festival of Cycling, taking out the women's criterium that brought um, the racing to a close. And who was the highest finishing Irish rider there? In that race. Oh, I don't know. Oh, now you put me on the spot. Maybe Megan again. I don't know. She's probably the only non-Australian race. Still racing, in the green actually. jersey. Um, and that's it really in terms of road racing. Um, other news, though, we've had a bit of an upset between the two unions of the women's peloton, the CPA women and the uh, Cyclist Alliance. Now, the CPA women is a union that's recognised by the UCI. The Cyclist Alliance, the hugely respected organisation who've negotiated on behalf of riders, they assist on legal matters, educational support, career, retirement advice, etc. Now, 
An article published on the Cyclist Alliance website raised concerns about the introduction of a centralised prize money management system for the women's peloton. So it's a system that really mimics what happens on the men's side of the sport and it involves, among other things, taking deductions from a race's prize money to go towards various costs. So, for example, doping control, admin of the CPA, etc. Um, the CPA's announcement of the new prize money system for the women's peloton Um, led to the Cyclist Alliance responding with some questions, some concerns, and that's the article that they published. Um, And it outlined the big potential decrease in women's prize money if the CPA were to implement the exact same management system as they do for the men's peloton, so as as I just outlined. Then the CPA came back um, very strongly, saying that they reserved the right to sue the Cyclist Alliance for false information disclosed with a clear intention of defaming the CPA. They went on to say that the Cyclist Alliance were sharing fake news and that they had a lack of credibility on the topic and manifest superficiality in its communications. Um, now, the Cyclist Alliance, from what I understand, are quite bemused as to what the fake news could be. They simply asked the question, if you were to take the men's system and apply it to the women's system, what will this mean? Will it mean the reduction in prize money? Um, And the CPA have gone in hard, really. I have to say, reserving the right to sue um, is a far cry from suing. I reserve the right to earn a million pounds tonight. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Um, And it is quite classic legalese, who knows? Who knows if anything will happen? But um, I did ask uh, the Cyclist Alliance if they wanted to give any statement in this. And they said that they would rather concentrate on the issues at hand, which are protecting the riders and working for the riders. And it was um, the riders' representatives who actually brought up the question to begin with that they were asking um, the CPA about. Um, so a bit of a shame, really, to see um, such strong wording, I think. And when both are supposed to be working on the same side... Well, that's um, the point. That's quite the a point. Bit of internal politics. That, yeah, that's yeah. the point, isn't yeah. it? I, I thought it was embarrassing and appalling from the CPA. I mean, I'm what to on be earth? A bit, um, understated, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the I mean, the minute anybody uses the the phrase fake news, they lose the the right to be taken seriously. I think, but mm. there are so many things for the CPA to be angry about. You know, and and mm. the Cyclist Alliance and what they're doing is not, not one, one of, of those things. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the 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 that that style of communication is just it's just amateurish. It's embarrassing. Mm. It's not befitting a professional sport at all. Um, if they've got a problem, then you know, have have some dialogue. Take uh, it to them. Yeah, yeah. But, and yeah, that's I, what that's what the Cyclist Alliance have tried to do. They, They've tried to reach out to them privately and try to speak to them away from public statements because that's the only way you'll get anything resolved. Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the kind of threatening tone of the communication is it it makes you wonder what the CPA are scared of when it comes to the Cyclist mm. Alliance because Cyclist Alliance are doing it from what I can tell a really a really good job. Ellen Van Dyke was Mexico. one of the writers who who responded on Twitter to the tweet put out by CPA women saying, Dear women CPA, I don't think this is the best way to contact to contact, but I feel like I need to react to your um statement, I think that is. As riders we ask the Cyclist Alliance to ask questions as we need transparency around the prize money platform. All we need is answers instead of a threatening statement. Well mm-hmm. put. Yeah. And that's all they were asking that's all it was. It was asking questions really. And those Rather and they were accusing also, the CPA of anything. Yeah, they were also you know perfectly legitimate questions. If you consider that um, out of the 
prize fund money, which is, you know, the money that should be awarded straight to the riders. On which the men's is side, very limited in which the is, case exactly, anyway. <laughs> it's very small anyway. But 13.82% of that fund on the men's side of cycling gets taken to various things. A transition fund, which is meant to be for, you know, post-retirement. National Riders Associations, of which not all of them are, you know, recognised under the, the UCI. Uh, doping control, which is on top of the doping control money that the races give them. Um, the CPA's admin itself, that, I mean, CPA takes 2% uh, of the fund um, and a development fee for the fund itself, which is 1.82%. So that's perfectly legitimate to ask questions about, are, you know, are they setting up a system in which uh, these riders who don't aren't going to get a huge prize pot anyway are actually going to lose almost 14% of that to various other stakeholders. Still guessing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat or drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimise your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insights and personalised analytics. We're here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Thank you very much indeed to Super Sapiens for their continued support, title sponsorship indeed of the Cycling Podcast and Cycling Podcast Femina and everything that we do. We're very grateful indeed to them. As well as wearing the Super Sapiens sensors, you can now wear the Super Sapiens Energy Band. I'm actually wearing one there. Probably see so I can monitor my blood glucose levels as we're going along. It's a great way of um, keeping tabs on that while you're exercising or on the bike rather than looking at it on your phone you can look at it on the energy band you can also look at it you haven't shown us that tab before that looks really cool actually what's that can you see then your live can you do your live glucose yeah i only got it last week so um there's the energy band oh wow i wonder what it would say after my five and a half pre-podcast well i was gonna say i think we we need to wire you up orla um if only to test the super sapiens technology to to see if (laughs) See if it can cope with, uh, to see with if it, you. Oh. See if it can withstand the level of chocolate digestive Six consumption. chocolate digis uh, as we warmed up. <laughs> Six, Six and, and a half. half. As we warmed up for this episode. Mm. I'd love to know what your blood sugar is at the moment. Um, so that, that, that'll be the mission. <laughs> I wouldn't. The next episode will get, get Orla hooked up with Super Sapiens. But thank you very much And to how them. does talking to us, Richard, compare to exercising? Um, oh, very similar. Very similar. Well, no, but... Very, very loaded no, it's, it's question, actually, Rose. One of the, the real eye-openers is to see how... The, adrenaline or or nervousness as you always get very nervous before doing the podcast and even are you nervous Richard um, how that can that can (laughs) stimulate your blood glucose production as much as um exercise or you know it's 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 your body is controlling it obviously and and it's um it's uh, not just a simple case of you know kind of food in blood glucose up it's it's you can see that at night when you're sleeping it's it's up and down uh, according to what you're dreaming about up and down in oh, the middle yeah, of the night very much very wow yeah, really yeah, big spikes and yeah and and some dips as well so it's do you ever um go back uh, we were having this chat actually with my husband and my mum earlier about dreams and whether you remember them or not but if you remember a vivid dream can you go back and look at your blood sugar level and see what it was doing? I haven't done that. That's I mean, fascinating. No, I haven't. Haven't. I can't say I've done that. Um, but 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 I'll Dude, try. I would. I'll try. 
eat eat some cheese mm-hmm. tonight. See if you can give yourself a cheeky little <laughs> okay. nightmare. See what it does. But it might actually yeah, be the reaction to the cheese rather than the nightmare. Mm. Well, let's see how all the adrenaline and nerves will play out on your blood <laughs> sugar level because it's time for motto or notto. <laughs> this well, is excellent. I'm sure everyone is expecting their the usual cryptic cryptic. I still, after all this time, it's been a year, <laughs> still can't say it. Cryptic criterion. But I thought I'd bring back Motto or Notto because that was a, a real hit at our oh, yeah. Christmas quiz 2020. I Gosh. mean, we have Distant been past. we've been inundated um, like every what six months yeah. with one person saying, "Please can we do it again?" <laughs> we so need... this is this is for you, Mum. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I'd do. Uh, what do we have to do? take a tally for the cryptic criterion from last year? So this I is won. all the glory is on the line right now <laughs> for this uh, quick motto or notto. Motto or notto is, of course, everyone will already know this naturally, but I'm going to give the motto or the catchphrase for a current team. Could be in the women's world tour. Could be in the uh, women's UCI uh, pro team rankings. Um, and you're going to tell me if it is a motto, which means, yes, it is an authentic, genuine catchphrase or a notto, which is just something that I've just made up. <laughs> I have to say, though, Rose, like what I really love about this game is how self-explanatory the title is. That, I know. That, that's the beauty of it. But I love how you've gone to such effort to explain it anyway. Well, I'm just that's thinking, dedication. you know, um, <laughs> uh, t- to me, I mean, to be honest, I actually hang came on, up with hang a on. name. Motto or... <laughs> I came up with a name before I came up with the game. Before the game. <laughs> but I just want to be clear. So you're reminding yourself what it means. Yeah, because um, I literally yeah, did fair, this fair about 10 minutes before we started. So, okay, here's your first one. Are you ready? This is the but phrase. hang on a minute. After, oh, after mercilessly, oh, after yeah. mercilessly oh, ripping you to shreds. Yeah. Do we, I can't remember. How do we then, do you direct one at both of us or do you put our hands in the air? No, is no, we, first... uh, we, you both just give your answer, don't you? you oh, fine. Out, it doesn't matter. Motto or notto. It's either motto or notto. We shout or, out. Yeah. yeah. I get that bit. I get that but bit. But no, but it's, you but both get an answer. I want to know who wins no, no, Rose. You, yeah. you both answer every single one. You both answer them. Fine. Okay. Fine. Right, oh, yeah. so this is the I first one. I remember this being one. strategic before, yeah. Yes, okay. it is strategic in the end, isn't it? Okay, Mm-mm-mm. so the first one. We spark success. <laughs> is that a motto? Please. Or please a notto. Not notto. Please notto. Notto. Please notto. So you're both saying notto. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet it's a motto though. I bet it's a motto. Oh, I knew it. it. I knew it. You know what team Oh, it my is? life. SD Works. Hey. Oh, no. Shut the front door. SD Works were having words. They've got a little plata. spark, haven't they? They've got a spark <laughs> on their jersey. Yes, exactly. Oh well, man, alive! Okay, so that's 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 a zeros zeros all round. Okay, next I think one. it's zero for SD Works. I'm sorry we to spark say, much your love the team. Okay, number two. <laughs> Set it alight. Hashtag ride us. <laughs> that, that's a motto. <laughs> that's a motto. That's a motto, and if it's not, it has to be. That's a motto. <laughs> I can reveal. <laughs> oh my god! Please, please let it be a motto. 
that I'm afraid it's a notto. Oh! One nil. So one it's nil. one nil to Richard. Oh, no! I know we all dearly love that to be oh, a motto. Sugar. It it Could we, should we make that at the cycling podcast motto? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if there is such a, a job as as motto creator, but you should be that person yes i am i I am at now that's it the cycling podcast hashtag ride us (laughs) (laughs) i love you but you're not someone someone is gonna have clipped that someone's gonna oh i'm so glad you're back okay right next one (laughs) number three break away to challenge break away to that's gotta be a motto that's gotta be a motto because it's really dull it's really you're both, dull. And... You are both correct. You're both correct. Can yeah, for an extra yeah, point, can you is tell it me UAE? which team it is? Is it UAE? Okay, Ola, what team do you think it is? Breakaway to what again? To challenge. To challenge. Oh. Um, I don't think any of the big teams have changed their mottos, have they? It's clearly a non-English speaking team. Just give um, us your team, Ola. Come on. I'm acting like this is who wants to be a millionaire, where I get like a little bit of kudos for trying. I, to work feel, it out I feel also night. like you're just trying to get gauge my face a little bit by just putting these, you know, theoretical things out there. Go on. Um, I think he's a good one. Damn you, Richard. Um, so I'll go Uno X. I'm afraid it's Canyon Sram. What? I can actually, the full thing is, hold on, let me. Guys, I feel like we're probably making a lot of enemies. Yeah, amongst, amongst <laughs> decision makers in these yeah. teams. Yeah, I that... can see us going. I can see us going to interview riders and them saying, "No, you took the Mickey out of our motto." Not speaking yeah, to you. That, do you know what? Do you know what? That's fine because we'll say, "Yeah," but look at our motto: hashtag ride us. You know? <laughs> so we we, we hit them in the yeah. face with self deprecation. That'll give us a lot more credibility. <laughs> on us. So right, That's right. The whole thing is ride to advance, race to inspire. Break away to challenge. Oh. I just oh, took a, a little bit of it. Oh, God. Okay. I think well, it's better as a whole, but anyway. As a whole thing, you think it's it works it? yeah. no, it's not. It's like, it's like stand out, innovate, succeed. You know, let's just, let's just, th- a word soup, basically. Yeah. Okay, so it's 2-1 anyway. to Richard. Okay, okay, so this next one is... <clears throat> what was that finger in the air, Richard? <laughs> okay, number four. Farto powered. <laughs> Rose, I think your your expression is giving you away. You normally got Farto a really good poker powered. face, but that is no, a I'm not. Gonna go, to. I'm gonna I'm gonna go motto. <laughs> I'm gonna go motto. I bet it's like a Scandinavian word or a brand of something. I'm afraid. Again, it is a notto. It's another oh, notto. So it's another point for Why are you Richard. coming up with really crazy things that could never be a well, motto no, unless no, it's a motto? Because Team Farto is a genuine real team. <laughs> you are kidding me. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> team Farto BTC <laughs> is oh, a real team. Oh man, what are they sponsored by? Heinz, Big Beans. I don't know. I don't know. But there you go. So I was hoping that there might have been in the back of your minds the knowledge that mm. Farto was a genuine okay, team. Okay, so I knew so, it had to come from something genuine because otherwise that's just ridiculous. No, Farto. No, but it should be Farto there. Po- Farto powered. They've missed the trick. 
So, okay. Now, I prefer well, the Nottos so far, well, quite frankly. They're do... way more fun and memorable. What's the point of a motto exactly. you get? To be honest, I do. it was harder this time. I feel like in, in 2020, I had an absolute pick of amazing ones, but maybe people got scared and they got rid of their, like, ride and shine and they got rid of all of those, you know, hilarious <laughs> mottos. Okay, here's the last one, but, I mean, it is, Richard has, oh, you know, it's 3-1. That's okay. That's okay. I prefer the, the two that I chose anyway. But, um, okay. Uh, sweat equity. Is that a motto um, or a notto? Sweat equity. Sweat equity. Sweat equity. Uh, oh, that that'll make me really angry if it's a motto, which probably means it is. That will make me really, really angry. So I'm I'm going to go notto because for my sanity's sake. Richard, what do you think? Go sweat equity. I'll go motto for the hell of it. Is it is it EF? It's typical. It's, it, it is a, it is a motto. It's not uh, no. It's not oh, um, EF. Um, I don't think you're going to have to guess who it is. Oh, well, I'll let you guess. But it's a it's a I pro don't team. Know. I don't want to know. It's not it's not a world tour care. team. It's a pro team. It's awful. It's awful. I think it's Team Farto. Is it Team Farto? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> it's not sweaty um, Farto. It's it's uh, it's Instafund Pro Cycling. And sweat oh, equity okay. is indeed oh, their imagine, motto. Imagine if it was an equitable sweaty Farto. <laughs> So, well, congratu- congratulations, Richard. Oh. That was first you know. blood, first blood of the season to yeah. you. Um, and which commiserations team... to all the teams who had a motto in that game because they were. I don't awful. know if it's a good motto or not, but I did learn a motto, a team motto today. Ride the future. Whose motto is that? Ride the future. Ride the future. Is that? Um, is it, it Michael J. Fox? Is it? Can it be a Does men's team, team or is it a women's team? No. Well, it's a men's and a women's team. Oh, okay, right. Confidus, Confidus. No. FDJ. No. I'm trying to think because I feel like I looked Yumbo. up a lot Yumbo. of them. Yumbo, Visma. Ah. Yeah. Yumbo. Yeah. Ride the future. I spoke Ride. to Richard See, Klug today and he, he, he dropped that into Klug. the conversation, which is, that that's a real skill to drop the team motto into an interview. That, yeah. I, you know, so, some of those that you've that. mentioned, Rose, I, I can't see them. They're popping up in, in interviews. What, sweat equity? Where... You don't what's, think Farto Powered will your... make it in? <laughs> <laughs> You're joking. You see, you see, teams should come up with something like that, though, because then you become totally memorable. Mm. You know, what's your, what's your mission statement? We, we, we are going to break away to challenge. Yeah. I mean, please. Yeah. We're in the peloton of success. You oh look, she just, they just kept springing out of you now. <laughs> don't don't take out. all the good ideas away from the next round, please. Yeah, Paula. that's true. That's true. Well, um, I mean, unfortunately, Team Farto and uh, Instafund Pro Cycling, uh, you know, aren't uh, the teams that we're going to be discussing today because we are focusing in on the Women's World Tour, which has had uh, a big boost, as you said. All are 14 teams uh, now in that top rank. Um, tell us, you know, what teams, what riders, what races are, are taking your fancy. Richard, let's go with you first. Oh, um, this thanks, season. Uh, Rose. Don't um, like mine. Don't like mine. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We're going to hear from Linda Jackson a bit later on, whose uh, team, Tibco, Silicon Valley Bank, has joined forces mm. with EF. EF are the new sort of co-title sponsor of that team, but it's very much her team. It's not part of the 
EF, um, uh, Easy Post team, the Stable. men's team. They've just got the same sponsor. So we're going to hear from her a bit later on. And it was interesting talking to her about the Women's World Tour as well and how it's evolved. And Orla, I remember you and I were in Innsbruck when the UCI mm. kind of unveiled their plans for the Women's World Tour and how it was going to develop, how they were going to add five teams each year. And they're not quite there. They've got 14 instead of 15. But I think most people would say that the, the, the way it's developed has been surprising to me um, that uh, there's been there have been enough teams wanting to make that commitment to be Women's World Tour. Um, that was a big question, wasn't it? It yeah, was a big question. Salary. Yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, 5, 10, and then 15, they were the ambitions of the UCI, and I think I think they'll be probably quite happy. And I think as mm. races like the Tour de France fam, also Paris-Roubaix fam, um, develop in importance and yeah. prestige, it's going to become uh, a more valuable uh, status to have, having that guarantee of being able to ride those races but in terms of what i'm looking forward to this year um one team that i'm kind of curious about is sd works actually because i mean you told us the very sad news about amy peters and obviously great uncertainty about um whether she's going to be able to be part of that that team this year but it's a team that's really gone through a huge transition um They've obviously lost Anna van der Breg and she's a sports director now. Chantal van der Broek-Black is also retiring after the classics and becoming a sports director as well. Although on Pro Cycling Stats, it seems to suggest that she will ride until the end of the year, but I'm pretty sure she's retiring after the classics. You're both agreeing with that. But apart Pro from... Cycling Stats doesn't tend to favour women's cycling, does it? Often. Well, that's another subject. But <laughs> it's a team, though, that has gone through a lot of transition because... There are only a couple of riders on that team who've actually been there beyond last year now. Um, uh, they've got a lot of new riders. I mean, they've got three new riders this year in Marlon Rousser, uh, Cata Blanca Vass, who was a, a sort of stagiaire for them at the end of last year, and Lotte Capecchi. But seven of the other riders only joined the team last year. So 10 out of the 13 are are really new to the team. One of them, Demi Vollering, is, is the... The rider you expect to step into Anna van der Breggen's shoes as the sort of leader of that team. Um, but judging from her Instagram uh, feed, um, she spends, she's been skiing. She spends a lot of time with her dog. Um, mm -hmm. And I've, I was relieved today to see that she's on a, a training camp on her bike. So <laughs> she is training. <laughs> uh, but but um, no, I, seriously, though, she, she's got a lot of, uh, a lot of expectation around her this year. After the season she had last year, I think she is um, going to be one of the stars this year. But I do think it's going to be interesting to see how that team gels and works together, given mm -hmm. the enormous transition that they've gone through last year and into this year. Well, I think it's all kind of connected to Anna van der Breggen, isn't it? Because, I mean, she's been the linchpin for the team for many years and they're kind of building their race strategies around Anna van der Breggen. And, and if she doesn't have the legs, then it's then it's picking a different leader from the squad on, you know, a particular race. So it's in... But I think, I mean, I think they've managed it incredibly well with Demi Vollering last year to see Anna van der Breggen working for Demi Vollering I think that was a great way in which they were kind of slowly, great transition, yeah, great it? transition. They're kind of mm -hmm. passing the baton on to Demi Vollering and giving her that leader experience. Uh, whereas, you know, normally if you had a, a world champion like that, 
um, on your team, you know, you wouldn't risk uh, trying a, a younger rider who was more inexperienced. But, you know, they did that and build it up. I mean, for me, also Blanca Vass, um, you mentioned there, Richard, she seems like a really exciting prospect. She came uh, fourth at the World Championships and she had the road race. Um, riding for Hungary, which obviously was a, you know, they didn't have a, a, a full um, national squad there um, by any means. And, uh, but also she, I think she came fourth at the Olympic mountain bike uh, race as well, I believe. Um, so, I mean, she, you know, she has a lot of raw talent. She's only very young um, and I'll be really excited to see what she can do and how they can build her up into the squad as well. I mean, it just goes to show as well, it's funny when you mention Innsbruck, Richard, because I feel like that's no time ago. But when you when you put it into the context of women's cycling, it was a long time ago. And you think how much competition and how much strength and depth there is across the the upper tier now of women's racing compared to back then, you know, and when Bowles Dolmans used to just dominate absolutely everything. We don't have that anymore. You know, there's so much competition and, and there are so many teams that different riders can now go to and pick and choose between that offer them different um, different strengths. It's It just makes me realise as we're sitting talking just how exciting actually the women's scene is right now and how excited I am about the season ahead with the new races, with the new teams, with more women's world tour teams and just with it all getting stronger all the time, stronger, more professional and, and also more more youngsters coming through you know more really young talent that is able to transition into women's professional racing from a much younger age the way we, we, we're sport with in men's racing and we haven't really been able to see you know we don't see I mean still we get um even the younger riders will often have a degree of something or other behind them you know and a, and a second career option but they're not having to come into cycling so much later now than they used to, you know, and that I think that is a really good sign of where we are in women's racing, that it's a, a viable career option as as riders are coming through. And that's by the by. But I mean, I think we've also, uh, you know, at the moment, there's this proliferation of new teams and uh, whether it's, well, I know you were saying, Richard, that obviously EF Education First, it's not the same team, but they're obviously a sponsor that have seen that it's, you know, sponsoring a men's team has worked and wants to support the the women's squad as well. I think that's such a, a positive thing. We do, of course, have Uno X, which is a, a brand new um, team to the, the Women's World Tour. And it's kind of unusual to have... Uh, a new team come in at that level. It used to be that teams had to go through the continental ranks for a couple of years, I think, before they could become a, a world tour team. But we've got Uno X coming in uh, right at the top straight away. Um, have you seen anything particularly interesting about that team, Orla, that has piqued your interest? Well, yeah, it's more. that's the team I want to pick. That's the team I'm really, really, really energised by and really excited by partly because of the way they've gone about forming the team. And I was really blown away by the conversation I had with Eleanor Barker last year whenever she announced her pregnancy on the Cycling Podcast um, and the story that she told of announcing to the team that she was pregnant. Because before she um, had even signed, she found out that she was pregnant. She was far on in negotiations and she could have put pen to paper, decided not to, told them first of all. And she said the initial reaction, the very first thing that she got in reply to letting them know that she was pregnant was a huge and heartfelt congratulations, you know? And to contrast that with Lizzie Dignam, whenever she announced her pregnancy just a few years ago, um, 
she said it, she told a, like a, a lot of people before she finally got someone and it was one of the Santini sisters actually were the very first to actually say congratulations as the first thing. Um, but Eleanor said it was entirely, we're behind you, we support you. And for a new team to do that, I think is phenomenal when Eleanor's making this transition in her career. So I find that really, really encouraging. The fact that their minimum salary is set at above the minimum salary for uh, the Women's World Tour. So it's already set at the Pro Tour team for the men. Um, I just feel like they have got the organisational ambition behind them to make them an exciting prospect. None of that's sexy, you know, none of that is necessarily headline grabbing. It's not what gets, well, I was gonna say it's not what wins races, but it could well be, you know, because you know that you've got a professional outfit behind you. But they're the kinds of things that I didn't think we would necessarily get to see in the women's peloton so quickly when we were talking about um, the introduction of the women's world tour. And for that reason, they really excite me. And obviously then they've got some really exciting talent, you know, Hannah Barnes taking on her leadership role. I think that's going to be really great to see. Joss Lydon, obviously the uh, world record, the world R record holder. Suzanne Anderson coming from uh, DSM and I chatted to her about her transition last year and I think she's quite nervous about stepping out of domestic duties but really really excited about it and I can't wait to see what she can do. Hannah Ludwig as well. Um, They've got an awful lot of talent there and they all seem to buy into the same mission and they're all energized by the fact that it is a very professional outfit and that can't be underrated so I'm really really excited to see what they're going to do um, and what kind of a presence they'll be. Shall we hear from one of those riders who has uh, moved across from Canyon Shram, Hannah Barnes? Um, I spoke to her last week about why she moved and what she expects from her new team. We'll hear from her in a moment. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Bloomingdale's, Levi's, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Now let's hear from Hannah Barnes. So Hannah, yeah, I mean, a, a fresh start for you this year. You were at Canyon Shram for six years, a long time. Um, and I guess for a lot of people, you were very kind of closely identified with that team. What what prompted the move? Did you just feel it was time for a change? Yeah, I mean, I think I was at the, well, I'm in the stage of my career now where um, a change is good. Um, I, just, I felt like I was just getting a bit stuck in, in my in the motions and just needed to do something a little bit more challenging and, yeah, just find a, a different team and environment to be in to, to close out my my career, really. Is that how you're looking at it, that this, this will be the last sort of move of your career? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, 
keep, I keep an open mind, but I've, I've, yeah, I've got a two-year contract and I think I'll, I'll be 30, 30 then. So I don't know if I'll be at the stage where I'm just going to try and think of my next step in life. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just a, yeah, they approached me in April and I had a pretty hard decision and a big think about it. And I just felt like it was something that I could, didn't really want to turn down and just, yeah, took the opportunity as something I wanted to do, really. What was it about it, this this team in particular that appealed? I mean, it's it's a kind of ambitious new setup. Uh, the men's team very ambitious as well. And what was the the vision that they sold to you? Um, I mean, I think the vision for me was just the development side. They're not going into races expecting to to win. They really wanted to develop, especially the Norwegian and Scandinavian side of cycling, and be the first Norwegian team to take part in the Tour de France and all these all these races. And I think definitely coming out of the training camp and seeing the riders. I mean, there's 18 and 19 year old girls on the team, and they're so young, and it just takes me back to me being that excited and enthusiastic to to get racing. I guess when you throw a, a new team together, there must be a lot of excitement, nervousness. I know you've met your new teammates now at training camp. What what was that like? What was the atmosphere like at that camp? Yeah, it was really good, actually. Because um, I'd, I'd actually missed the December camp just from being in New Zealand. And yeah, I didn't feel like I'd actually miss any time. We had three days in Norway. And I think all of us coming out of that, <laughs> that army base... <laughs> And just those challenges, we came out of there knowing each other really well. And yeah, I'm just, I'm actually really enjoying being one of the older ones, the ones that they're all coming to for help and advice. And I really hope that they will trust me to, yeah, to actually come to me and ask questions because I really hope I can help them develop and become one of those world champions one day. <laughs> um, you mentioned the training in, or the, the camp in, in Norway tell me a bit, a bit more about that then the army stuff was a survival kind of training the, 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 yeah. the Scandinavian team seems to seem to like this yeah it really was I mean we we got there um we got there on the Thursday uh, at about 11 in the morning and we're told right everyone put your phones in this bag and it was pretty much phone and watch ban for 48 hours so no one knew the time no one could contact home 48 hours of just getting to know each other and then we went out on a track day so just drove some cars really fast um <laughs> then had a super nice three-course meal that thursday and then on friday after a couple of meetings we just went straight into army camp and yeah just packed a bag of the essentials and we're split into teams of six and then given a potato and onion and a bar of chocolate to last us the next 36 hours so <laughs> it was pretty cool wow i mean <laughs> where, where were you i mean were you in the kind of the countryside in the, in a forest or in the hills what what was the kind of environment like uh yes we were just north of oslo um and they have a huge army barracks there so yeah there is actually the norwegian army generals were the ones that were taking us out kind of yeah giving us advice um we had to at one point light a fire they just gave us five logs no kindling um and just a box, box of matches and said try and light a fire um which we did and i thought we don't really know what time it was because none of us had watches but it'd been dark for a long time so <laughs> we think about yeah three o'clock we made these fires and they gave us some water in a pan and hot chocolate so we all made our own hot chocolates and they kept hinting that you should fall asleep now <laughs> this is a good time to to rest so we all had our minus 20 degree sleeping bags that they told us to get and slept under the stars that night well for a couple of hours and then at 5 a.m walked into the sports hall and did a bleep test so <laughs> wow yeah it was quite an experience and how did the the onion the potato and the chocolate i mean what in what order did you eat these things if, if you ate them all 
I had Alex Greenfield actually on the on my team, who's my coach now, and we were all getting a bit hungry. I'm like, oh, can we have some chocolate? Can we have some chocolate? And she was like, not yet, not yet. <laughs> so she had, she was in charge of the food, um, but we actually roasted the onion in the fire and boiled the potatoes in the in the water. So and then yeah, and then was... and then melted the chocolate over the top. Delicious. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And then it was we did a five hour hike and finished at twelve and there was boxes of pizzas there waiting for us, so Wow. But it was yeah, it was by the time we actually had food, none of us were hungry. You'd kind of just completely mm. forgot that you needed to eat. <laughs> so was it uh did it feel like a, a fun, worthwhile experience? Yeah, I mean I'd gone into that camp and I'd only I only knew Eleanor and Joss and, and Julie. And then I just came out of there like we we all really helped each other. No one had any breakdowns or emotional. We just kind of got on with it. No one complained. They just really got stuck in. And yeah, it was a really good experience. I think for team bonding, it was one of the best things you could have done. And then you got together on the bikes more recently in Spain. What was that yeah. camp like? Uh, yeah, it was really good, actually. I mean, I was on my new bike and just getting comfortable on there and yeah it was it's always good in January and February because everyone's at really different stages of fitness and intensity so um I definitely was at the the lower end of the the fast (laughs) fast one because I've just been kind of just focusing on endurance a little bit um over the winter so yeah I think training camps are always good to push each other and it was nice I mean we were busy we had a lot of meetings and everything but just having like a nutritionist and nutrition meetings and Karina's there for mental coaching I think just all that stuff that's around the bike riding is also really important it's quite a a small team you know and a a packed uh, program obviously now uh, with the women's world tour it's getting busier all the time Um, yeah you'd be racing a lot I guess yeah, we will. I mean, they've they've actually reduced the the calendar a little bit. We've got no racing in May apart from the a Ride London race, and um, just because they want the staff and riders to just completely have May off and just recuperate a bit going into that busy July that we've mm. got. Um. So yeah, I think definitely coming off camp, you can definitely see that they're they're going to be really cautious with us. They don't want anyone to train too hard and come to April and just be really, really tired for Roubaix and those big races. So I think just making sure that we no one overdoes it and everyone stays as healthy as they can is important. And and that sort of June-July uh, block is, is really quite intense now, isn't it? We're looking ahead to the, the Tour de France fam. There's a lot, of, a lot of headlines this week about the men's, you know, ex-team wanting to ride the Tour de France, but the women's team, of course, will be riding the Tour de France fam. I mean, how much mm-hmm. do you think about that and how much do you look forward to that? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we're a new team um, and it'll be the first Norwegian team to ever ride in the Tour de France, which they're all really super excited about. So, yeah, I think for us, I mean, we've only got, um, well, we've got 12 riders, but Eleanor, Eleanor won't mm. race. So one person has to do both stage races and I've put my hand up for that because I'd, I'd quite like to do both of them and mm. just have a big July <laughs> and then go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, for you and and the others, you know, uh, other riders, other teams as well. It, is Tour de France fam? Is that is that the the race that you feel that people are kind of talking about and and looking ahead to this year? Um, and particularly maybe after Paris Bay, because you know the way that that really captured people's imagination and gave us such an exciting race. Of course, you know the the, the race lived up to the kind of the hype. Is there a similar kind of feeling about Tour de France fam? Maybe. Yeah, I think definitely. I think for me, the biggest thing is that we don't race at the same time as the men. It's a completely standalone event. Um, so we won't be competing for media attention and TV time and, and whatnot. So I think that's probably the biggest thing in my eyes. But yeah, just to 
be in the Tour de France and to actually there's going someone's going to be wearing the yellow jersey. I think is it's huge, and I definitely know there's a few riders on my team that can't wait to do the do that stage race. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of racing to come before we get there. <laughs> and I mean, Pyro Bay being one of them. How much did you enjoy? I saw you in the velodrome uh, at the finish. Yeah. How much did you enjoy that experience? If enjoy, yeah, I mean, if enjoy was, is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I did. I think. Um, I mean, every male cyclist that's done it just can't shut up about it. Um, <laughs> and just. Uh, people had warned me about the cobbles like oh they're nothing like the belgium classics cobbles and i was like oh come on but yeah they're nothing like them it's definitely a race that you need luck on your side um i wouldn't actually go down in any of the crashes but as soon as you're held up um it's really hard to get find your momentum and rhythm again but yeah it was um yeah a pretty cool experience and i'm looking forward to to this year and whatever weather we'll get. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Bloomingdale's, Levi's, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands, and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus, creator meetups, networking, and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Well, we heard there from Hannah Barnes making... uh... A change, moving on from Canyon SRAM, joining uh, Uno X Pro Cycling Team. And they are kind of a, a, an interesting uh, team to look out for because they've kind of coming in with a good mix of of junior development riders and some kind of old heads to kind of lead the team and, and captain uh, the team. What other teams have we got out there? What else are we uh, looking out for? Orla, God. Oh, no, sorry, Richard. Uh, we've both done ours, Rose. It's your turn now. But I was oh, going to, oh can I ask, okay. can I, permission to ask a question? Um, kit, what's your favourite team kit this year? Ooh, um, hmm, okay. Can, can I make an admission here? You don't care. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't. And sometimes I really do. I find my Twitter timeline in particular so saturated with opinion on team kits for weeks because there's no racing i had to come off twitter Not, nothing else then, to talk know, about you had to come off twitter as a result of that well i actually then put out a shout asking people what accounts i can follow because i thought i cannot open twitter again and see strong opinions on on team kits because you know what it made me feel inadequate i just thought i i if i don't care enough about team kits does that mean 
I don't care enough about cycling. What does this mean about me? I had an what existential crisis. What does it what does say, it say about, about you, me? Allah? So I, so I'm actually really inactive on Twitter right now, mainly for that reason. Purely, <laughs> purely. And then to escape Twitter, you come to the kit chat, and then that's there's oh, too well, much. I, I'm, there's too I'm much. I'm terribly kit-chat. sorry. I, I'm terribly sorry. I brought it up. <laughs> so I do apologise. This, this is a confessional here. It's like therapy. Um, wow. Canyon is my favourite. Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true, actually. I actually like it. No, really no, I poked do. an anthill there, didn't I? Yeah, no, I do really um, like the Kenan's Ram kit. That's a bit, I was just yeah, trying I to, don't. I was actually, because I didn't, I, you know, this will put me in your good books, all of that. I didn't have an opinion about the kit, so I'm just quickly um, having a look now. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't have, I don't have much of an opinion. Just Well, you brought it up now, Richard. You better stand by. <laughs> I mean, He's made 20 different Twitter accounts just so he can contradict himself. And that'll also, that'll keep, also be why... <laughs> that'll also be why something was missing from your news roundup, which I've just realised, Rolla, which is the controversy over the UCI demanding uh, oh. that certain teams change oh, their yeah. kits. Um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, that, that, tie, that ties into valid. the chat. The, the chat you had with Annemiek van Vluten last year, wasn't it, about mm. she got in touch after we talked about the Women's World Tour leader's jersey and whether there was yeah. any value in a rider wearing it. it. She thought um, not. Exactly. Um, well, Richard, you're going to have to Ram. tell us now because really you didn't I like, I like the Canyon Tram kit. And you wanted just I believe, and we all agreed on Canyon Tram. I believe it was designed by <laughs> friend of the podcast, Alton Coyle, who is now at Canyon. Um so oh. he he was at Rafa previously, and I think designed the original. Well, we just we're just kit. totally in his pocket, then, aren't we? We should have said something else. That's fine, <laughs> very nice, very nice fella, and obviously a very very talented chap. But no, well, I, I, think I think it's I think it's quite you know quite quite a uh, obviously hard <laughs> following his own act, hard act to follow. But um, yeah, it's very it, it works really well when you see the team uh, as a unit. Um, with the diamonds on the sleeves and so on, so it's very nice. That would be very nice, nice from the aerial view as well. I think, I think. so. That yeah, would be a kind but who knows? Point. But I also think, to be perfectly honest, until you've seen any of the kits in action, oh, it's hard to it's tell. hard to have an it opinion. It is true. That's my then I, that's then my I view too. That's my yeah. view. Or well, anyway, let's something. move on. I don't want to linger too long on this because you, <laughs> you, I can see you getting angrier <laughs> and angrier, or like the eyes are narrowing. I do, I do like so, the Movistar so, as well. Movistar oh, kit, I think, looks yeah, really nice. It's, nice. it's a, a, yeah. a, sl- a slight twist on a classic, I would say. I'll tell you who's going to have the nicest <laughs> kit this year. The Cycling okay. Podcast, because we oh, have, yeah. and, and I, haven't, oh, haven't, I haven't engineered this deliberately, but we yeah. have a, a new collaboration going on with MAP, who produce beautiful clothing. And we're going to have a, well, the fruits of that collaboration will be coming later in the year and uh, with a very in a very innovative way so do stay tuned but um, there's going to be some great stuff coming out of our collaboration with MAP and Um, if you want to have a look at their anybody who gives me a kit is my favourite kit so well if if, if, (laughs) I received my delivery today actually yeah it looks lovely my map I was showing it off before we started recording my deep winter collection so you did say that you've also gotten what is it orange top and bright blue shorts and i really well i got i got that last year from map yeah and, ah. and it's it's very nice as well very very, very and striking. and it's orange it's not orange pink ombre like all the oh, other it's orange. Kids. It's definitely orange ombre 
That's what they are. This is this is where Definitely. Kit Chat just it hasn't, loses it, me. I, I haven't been told by the UCI not to wear it. No. it that way. So. <laughs> Might be told told by other people. You, perhaps. I don't want to be. Mis- have you been, I don't have you been told be... by your wife? Have you been told by Virginie <laughs> I, I, not to wear it? I, That's I don't much want more to be mistaken. I don't want to be mistaken for the leader, <laughs> the leader of the Women's World Tour. <laughs> Could happen. Anyway, have a look. Map.cc. Have a look if you want to uh, have a look at some beautiful kit. Wonderful. Well, what else? Uh, Rose, yeah, I think it was your yeah, turn. Well, it was, and then it got hijacked, didn't it? And then sorry. Was well, I was going to say, I, what's your team? What's your team? Well, I was going to um, not because I think uh, they're going to be the ones to watch, but I'd be interested to see how Team Bike Exchange uh, get on this season because I feel like they had a bit of a wilderness year last year. Anime Van Floyten uh, leaving and making, you know. Uh, undeniably a huge success of it at Movistar and uh, you know kind of I feel like she fit in that team so uh, perfectly as to kind of bring up the results of other people on the team as well um, by having that kind of role as leader there and I felt like Bike Exchange I thought that they could have you know done more than they did obviously they had Amanda Spratt who was um, ill for most of the season but they really didn't uh, achieve much at all and they had the achievements they did come came from Grace Brown, who's obviously now uh, moving on to FDJ. So um, they're getting Kristen Faulkner in, of course. But then, you know, where does that that lead them as a team? Have they really bolstered their team by losing Grace Brown, or you know, what what were they, what what can we make of them this season? That'd be my big question. Yeah, and it's interesting that um, and and obvious that they would make such a big noise about early season success but as I pointed out in the results of um the San is it the Santos Cycling Festival is that what we call it now um it's almost entirely Australian so it's far from the European or international continental scene um yeah I think I think they've been they've been a team who've slightly disappointed is maybe unfair but not necessarily fared as well as we could have expected them to do so um, I think they themselves would probably hope for more than that this year wouldn't they yeah, so I haven't gone for a very optimistic one. I should have gone for something a little bit more optimistic, perhaps. Something <laughs> positive. I mean, it's been interesting, the uh, the the team itself, I've noticed getting really behind their results down under because I think the, the men's and the women's teams had really dreadful years last year um, and they need to, to pick up this year. So I think they're very keen to kind of hit the ground running and, and get some momentum behind both the men's and the women's teams because they're quite integrated as well. Um, I think Faulkner is a, a great signing. I mean, we'll hear from Linda Jackson in a moment or so, but she was very disappointed to, to lose her and maybe wouldn't have lost her had she known about the the tie-up with EF and, and World Tour status a bit earlier. Who knows? But um, she, you know, if she carries on on the trajectory she's been on, then she could be a real factor in you know tour of flanders races like that this year um yeah i mean bike exchange are a kind of well organized team in that you know they were very used to when they had uh van Floyten as a leader they you know were very well drilled in terms of making sure she was in the right position that she needed to be i I mean i don't know how much teamwork really someone like van Floyten really needs but um certainly faulkner will be getting that support in a way that she probably didn't get from tibco last year but had she stayed with what is now EF Education, Tibco, 
SVB, um, then um, you know she <laughs> you probably she probably would yeah. have got that support that she she would be looking for. So, is there another team that you're looking forward to seeing then, or, or is it more sort of speculative? Let's see how they get on. Are you are you being the school marm at the front of the class with the with the fingers arts, the, the oh. fingertips, the thing that the pads of the fingertips touching church like, um, with a stern look over your. You're talking to me or Rose? <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking to Rose. I feel I like she's sitting there with her marking book ready. Oh, I see. To All of these like successes yeah. or failures. No, that's true. Um, that's, the, that's the image I'm trying to conjure up. Basically, is there anyone you're excited about, or is it more? I'm watching you. Oh right, Jones, front of the class. Um, Trek. I guess. Uh, Trek Segafredo. I guess seeing uh, Lisa Balsamo at Trek Segafredo, that will be... Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to see how she kind of fits in there, what kind of results she can get. Obviously, we did just mention that EF Education, TIBCO, SVB, seeing how um, they get along. Because, I mean, their their squad is, is totally different, really, from um, what it was before as TIBCO, SVB. As you all know, Richard, because you spoke to Linda Jackson who is the uh, founder, and she was very precise, wasn't she, about being called a, a founder in the interview and not an owner. Um, the founder of TIBCO SVB and has been running it for 17 years and it's kind of had a big tidal uh, change. So, well, should we hear her your interview with her now? I mean, Linda, I don't, don't really know where to, to start because um, your story with the team is, is, is a long one and it's a, a story of great survival, I suppose, as, as well. You know, and, and I've listened to a podcast you did recently talking about your own career in the 90s and it, it, the environment, the, the landscape of women's cycling seems completely different now. But I would like to start with the news about the, the partnership with EF. Um, how, how did that come about and was it something that you were looking for? It was something that I was looking for. As you said, I've been doing this for a long time. And um, I thought, well, the continental scene is is not as rewarding anymore. You know, just racing in the U.S. The state of cycling in the U.S. is pretty dismal. Um, so my choice was, you know, grow the team, stay where we are, or, you know, abandon, <laughs> basically. And I have a ton of passion for the sport. And it's really been my life since the early 90s. And I decided that I really wanted to take this team to the world tour status. I have been scrimping and scraping this team on a shoestring budget for 17 years. You know, we gradually increased the last few years. Our partners, TIPCO and Silicon Valley Bank, saw what I was doing and really liked the um, focus on equality for women and really trying to grow, grow you know, give them more than I, than I had been able to. And so they were excited about the potential of World Tour, and they stepped up uh, early uh, last year. And I was ready to go with just TIBCO and Silicon Valley Bank, but I would have been doing the shoestring still. I would have been a World Tour team, but I would have been at the bottom of the budget ranking, right? And I just didn't want to do that anymore. And I had been talking to people, several people, um, and I had been talking to EF through somebody that used to work there, for a while and i reached out to her and said you know hey i'm, I'm looking at this what do you think and ef was super interested in the concept they're all about equality for women if you look at their company you know it's a lot of female employees they really believe in supporting women uh so they can ride and race full time and so it was it was a logical connection with them and it started coming together much earlier last year 
there was a lot of work to be done um, because I've been, you know, my own team for a long time. And there were a lot of partners that changed, but it's a great, great combination and a lot of synergies. So I'm pretty excited. And how do your long-standing sponsors feel, Tibco and, and Silicon Valley Bank? They've been involved, as you say, for a long time. Do you get the feeling, I mean, what, what's prompted this step up on their part as well? What, what's, is, it, is it the state of, of women's cycling, the opportunities that are there now, the races that are there now? What's led to them deciding to, to go all in with this? You know, it's all about equality for women for them. It's a natural extension of their focus in the workplace. And they saw the opportunity to really, you know, provide this environment for women. And they were all about it. They just, they loved the concept of what I was trying to do. And um, it was just, they were all in. They, you know, doubled their budget and, you know, made the commitment really early. And, you know, frankly, it's been an annual thing with TIPCO and SVB for 15, 16 years. And, you know, this time they were like, and I've been talking to them for years about this. I was a guest on the panel, working panel for the UCI World Tour uh, Commission. And, you know, I flew over for several meetings on how do we do this and was kind of part of that for a while. And so I was talking to them the first year of the license, the second year of the license, the licensing opportunity, because as you remember, there were three years where you could apply for a license. Mm. And this was the last year. And so I'm like, TIPCO, SVB, this is the last year we can apply for a license. So I've been through this for two years with them, pitching the idea of going world tour and the, the opportunities it would provide for the women. And so they've heard this from me for two solid years already. So this third year, they were like, we get it, we're there. And it was just just an incredible feeling to, to have their support. I wanted to ask what this new expanded, more ambitious team that you're now part of, I know you prefer founder to owner um, as a description. I also... Heard you say in another podcast that the collaboration with Tibco started because the, the Tibco founder thought that he had that you had fire in your eyes. Um, so I wondered, do you still have fire in your eyes? Is that fire burning brighter than ever with you know what's coming up this year and beyond? Oh, that's another great question. I still do have fire in my eyes for sure. Right, you've caught me at a bad moment right now. But, uh, <laughs> It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. It's, um, you know, people think I'm retired from, from working. It's an incredible amount of work. Um, but I absolutely have the passion for the sport still. And all it'll take is me getting to camp and seeing the riders. Um, you know, I've got two riders staying here in California with me at my house in Menlo Park. And it just, that's the part that really keeps me going is seeing the riders, seeing that what I'm able to do for them and um, really helping them in their careers, that always gets me fired up. The rest of it, all the work to go world tour, that's been crazy, <laughs> I'm just gonna say. So it'll almost be easier once the racing starts, will it? It will, it will. This was a really tough year. Applying the registration process for world tour is a nightmare. It's a lot of work. It's all good, I think. You know, When I look at what we've been through, it really will weed out the teams that shouldn't be world tour. And so that's all good. But it was it was a lot of work. And, you know, the, the racing once it starts is pretty intense. Um, I was speaking to another rider earlier on who was just talking about how, you know, with teams of or squads of 12, 13, 14, 15 riders, quite small squads. There's a lot of racing. And, you know, particularly once we get into the summer and you've got the big the big stage races, managing resources is going to be a real challenge, I guess, for your team and other teams. You know, one thing that, so bringing EF on brought us a much bigger budget and 
what I was able to do with that is hire a lot more staff. Uh, when you're a continental team on a shoestring budget, I still can't believe what Adrian and Rachel Hederman went through these last two years with the team. We were basically racing the world tour circuit on a continental team budget. So Rachel was the lead director, Adrian was the head mechanic, and it was those two doing the whole season. So with the additional resources that EF brings in, we've really been able to beef up, and you had to, to become world tour, beef up our staff. So, you know, we've got two directors, we've got a high performance director, you know, we've got additional Swanee, we've got bus drivers and a bus, who knew we'd ever have a bus? I've always been vehemently against that, but we have all these extra resources so, you know, I'm really comfortable with that. I'm honestly not sure what they're all going to do, but I'm sure they'll find something to keep themselves <laughs> busy. But on the staff side, that's really where the majority of the increase in the budget has gone because we've always had to keep that really lean because when I got additional money into the budget, it went straight to the calendar, mm. straight to Europe because we're a North American team. Every rider that goes to Europe, it's $2,000 on a flight. So the staffing up has been super. In terms of the riders and the calendar, 14 riders isn't a lot. One thing we did with the increased um, staff was really focus on the calendar. Those guys spent months, you know, fine tuning the calendar. Should we be doing this race with our roster? And really focusing on lining out the calendar early. And that's also another luxury, right? We never had the resources to be able to do that. So it's a small squad, but they spent a lot of time looking at our calendar and matching it to our roster. You've had a, a few changes. Kristen Faulkner has obviously moved on. She was a, a revelation to a lot of people last year. Was that disappointing to, to lose her or, or is that just part of the sport? Oh, you know, it's incredibly disappointing. And it's super hard on me because I really get attached to these riders in the sense of investing in them um, emotionally. And she's a wonderful woman. She's incredibly intelligent. She comes from the same background I do, you know, in terms of finance and slash venture capital. I, I found Chris Kristen, a friend of mine, said there's this local rider. She's got incredible power. You really have to meet her. And I sought her out and I met her and brought her on the team based on this guy's recommendation. She was incredibly green, no experience at all, really. And we took her to Europe and she did it. And super proud of that. She'll be missed for sure. She's, you know, she was our strongest rider last year. So it's a definitely a big loss for us. But I, I'm going to watch her future. I think she's going to show us great things this year. You never know. Maybe we'll get her back some year. And what about you? How you're heading over to the, the training camp? How much time are you going to spend in Europe this year? And what kind of races are you hoping to be at? So being at the Tour de France is definitely a priority. I booked that ticket right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely be there. And that's super exciting. It's just, I'm just so excited about that race. Um, and I will go to a couple more. I think I've booked uh, Strada Bianchi tickets. Uh, I'll probably go to the women's tour. We have a lot of staff now, so... Um, you know, I don't need to be there. And when I went, it's really just to see the girls race anyways. But I'll get there as often as I can. It's um, it's really the highlight of what I do now is to be able to get to the races and see how these girls do. So, Well, you mentioned that you've got all these staff and you're not sure what they'll all do. Maybe you'll have to, to turn up just to check that they're all, they're all doing something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll keep busy. The cycling podcast Femina is supported by Science in Sport. Science in Sport, 
fueled by science. Well, having uh, just watched Orla eat the seventh uh, chocolate digestive of <laughs> oh, this podcast. I thought nobody had noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a perfect time to thank science that. in sport. <laughs> Obviously, they uh, perhaps Orla should be like re-looking at the, um, you know, the nutrition <laughs> plan for doing a podcast. Science in sport would be your friend for this, Orla, because they can, you know, I give you the so. energy you need to get through recording a podcast. And, uh, yeah, big thank you to them. Obviously, they've stuck around for how many years? When I say stuck around, they've obviously... 2016. You know. <laughs> 2016 Since Giro, 2016. they started with us. Incredible. So, so, yeah, thank you to Science in Sport uh, for supporting... Seventh year. Well, there you go. Lucky number seven. And if you have any chocolate digestive gels oh, in the works, then send them my way. That would be uh, that would be fabulous, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Can you imagine, actually, a gel that was chocolate digestives with a milk gel chaser? That would be my dream. Ooh. Sitting watching Netflix. This is pu- oh, this yeah. is this is exactly the kind of brainstorming that they want from us. I think on science that they and need. sport, isn't yeah. it? That's what that's what this they're is looking how ter- for. This is how this. terrible mottos come to, pa- yeah, come to pass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> With brainstorming sessions like this one. <laughs> well, to my knowledge, you can't get uh, milk chocolate digestive energy gels from science and sport, but you can get a lot of other things. Uh, in a lot of other delicious flavours, as Lionel has been finding out doing his uh, taste tests on the podcast. Um, but even better, the taste will be even sweeter when you know that you can get 25% off all your Science and Sport products uh, with the podcast if you go to scienceandsport.com and you type in the code. SASCP25. Come on, welcome back. Come on, Richard. SASCP25. CP25. 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 SASCP25. We are back, mother fluffers. Now, that sounds, I have to say, that sounds awful in real life, but I'm hoping in the edit that will be seamless. beautiful. If anyone, if anyone's I, still have listening, have you ever listened to the podcast back, Rose? It sounds even worse than the podcast, and that is no reflection on our wonderful editors. Always hopeful, always hopeful. If, if anyone's still listening, that before the break we heard from Linda Jackson, uh, the the team founder. I mean, what a remarkable person she is. Uh, you know, came to the sport pretty late herself as a rider, um, achieved great things, an investment banker, um, and then has dedicate a lot of her life to running a team and it's it's quite amazing again Orla you were talking earlier about thinking back to Innsbruck and even that the strides made since mm. then but I think she's pinching herself um at the prospect of what she's managed to assemble this year with a new sponsor EF and a world tour team and you know staff service course um things vehicles that they, they've never had before um, and I was quite amused to hear her say that she didn't really know what everybody was going to do. Um, there are just so many jobs now on the team. Um, they'll all be very busy, though, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it, you know, we mentioned earlier bike, how Bike Exchange is very integrated with the men's team. The men's and women's teams are part of the same structure. Uh, this is quite different. Um, the, uh, yeah, for just, just the sponsor, really, of, of the two teams, the men's and women's teams. So... Um, it's still very much Linda Jackson's team. And one of her uh, appointments this year as a sports director is Tim Harris, um, who we know very well, uh, has lived in Belgium for many years, former rider himself. He was at Bahrain last year. Um, and of course, Lizzie Banks, 
will be uh, returning to racing with that team and she's the presenter of the service course she's been a regular on the on Femina as well and uh, well we're all rooting for Lizzie aren't we because she had a terrible year last year uh, I think she's got an awful lot to prove and she's got an awful lot of talent as we know so hopefully she'll have a great season with that team yeah and a great position I think that she's in because I think she's she will be coming in as you know, if she wants to be, if she wants to be the leader, then I think that opportunity is definitely there um, in that team. So I mean, she often exciting. appears uh, sort of the the number one name on the on the list. That's the advantage of having mm. um, a surname that begins with B, I guess. <laughs> well, true. Yeah, they've got. Um, I mean, they've got an interesting mix, haven't they? EF Education, Tibco, SVB. I'm going to have to just shorten that because I can't say that every every. Uh... Yeah, I know. I was thinking if they start winning a lot of races, man, these podcasts are going to get even longer. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a, a really interesting mix. They've got a few. Um, they've got quite a, a an American um, sway, which you know makes sense because you know Tibco, SVB. It's all uh, they're all American uh, sponsors. But it'd be interesting to see. Um, a couple of the riders that have come over from Rally, Christabel Durbel Hickok, she was very active in Valenciana at the beginning of last year. It'll be interesting to see how she gets on. Um, I spoke to Veronica Ewers um, at the women's tour, uh, actually, because she was briefly in the hot seat at the time trial. Uh, and she has got a really interesting background coming from soccer, as she called, obviously, football to anyone else. Um, and it's all at soccer in Ireland as well. Oh, As an there F1, we go. Uh, keep going. But, yeah. Oh, gosh. No, I've, you know, alienated quite a substantial no, part <laughs> of not only the podcast uh, crew, but also... Uh, All of the Gaelic sport following yeah. community that crosses over with the cycling podcast. But anyway, as you were. But, uh, yeah, but, well, okay, Veronica Ewers, I mean, she was in the hot seat at the time trial and it was only, I think she said, the third ever time trial she had ever done in her life. Competitive, The first ever competitive one she'd done. And the third one that she she had ever attempted, so she's uh, definitely got a lot of talent. But she's on uh, their team too. Um, what does everyone else make of their their squad? Yeah, I mean it's it's a big squad actually, relatively speaking. Fourteen riders. Um, if you compare that to Yumbo, for example, they've got thirteen. The um, predecessor to the team finished fifth. Uh, sorry, they finished thirteenth in the rankings last year with five um, wins. Um, I think a lot of the names will be fairly new to a lot of the listeners. Lizzie Banks certainly the standout star. So it'll be interesting, as you said, Richard, just to see what support she'll get. And and I hope to see a Lizzie Banks coming back. And I think um, anyone who knows her even a little bit will know that she's incredibly motivated anyway. But if you think of the season that she's had in the sidelines and all the issues that will come with concussion and the self-doubt and lack of training I can't wait to see a fired up Lizzie Banks heading a new team like that I think that's going to be really exciting um so yeah it should be an interesting team to watch really and where do we think uh this year because we, we haven't spoken that much. I mean we spoke about um SD Works at the beginning but where do we think all these wins are going to go because it feels to me a little bit like there's a lot of teams but there's a lot of teams that aren't necessarily might even say explicitly that they're not necessarily going for all the wins this season. They're kind of either there to develop or to, you know, be on a learning curve. I think I've heard a kind of a, a lot of that recently. But where are the wins going to go? 
Well, I'd be surprised if they went to Roland Kojias Edelweiss. We haven't even mentioned them. They're <laughs> no, one of the true. new women's world tour teams. Um, that's no, uh, maybe sounds really disrespectful. I don't mean for it to, but I think they're a bit of a surprise in the women's mm. world tour. They had two wins in total last year, mostly a Russian outfit, but now sort of changing nationality, becoming Swiss. Um, Olga Zabelinskaya is their main rider. Um, that's absolutely not answered your question, but I feel like we should give a little bit of a mention to them mm, because I find them true. quite unusual. I think it's going to be really, um, I think by their own admission, they're not necessarily even trying to win um, yeah. very much next year, but just get in the mix. And I guess being a women's world tour team, getting direct access to all of the big races to come, like the women's, uh, sorry, the Tour de France fam. Um, but I think I, I think we're probably going to see them coming from the same areas, really. I think that the, the teams who can hit the ground running with the big, you know, we've got the new teams, obviously, and it always takes a little while for that to settle in and bed in. I would, I would imagine um, Yumbo are going to do very well. They've been strengthened now by Corin, and I'm sorry, Corin's new name, Lebecky. I should Lebecky. know. Thank you. Corin Lebecky, previously Corin Rivera. I'm really excited to see what she and Mariana Voss will pull off together. I think that's going to be an amazing one too. Um, I still think SD Works will be winning a lot. And Trek Segafredo. Trek have just energised me and excited me for the last couple of years. And I think that's going to continue. And Movistar. I mean, mm. I think after Star, after her injuries at the Pirate Bay, um, I was quite surprised mm-hmm. to see Annemiek van Vluten off in Colombia riding <laughs> a lot. And of, all pe- of all people to not be surprised though. Well, yeah, I mean, surprised by it no, I, I know I'm not surprised. It? really but yeah. but no, um her injuries yeah, were, were quite bad and she's she's yeah. right back in it and no reason at all you know when you think that anna van der breggen's been her big rival she's gone now the the the, the path is clear um and i, I don't think easy there was peasy too... well go. <laughs> i think i think she'll be she'll be good again this year but she's part of a team that's really getting better and and emma norsgaard was mm-hmm. was very good yeah. last year and i think she will step up again i mean she's still very young and a fast finisher so she could convert some of these second places last year into into wins this year, I think. Um, and I think that, yeah, that team will be good. And they've got Alenis Sierra as well, who's joined yes. their ranks. Yeah. Um, I think Norsgaard and Alenis Sierra, Sierra will be really potent in a, in a sprint final, especially those kind of fast finishes after a, a hard classics uh, race. They'll be... Yeah, incredibly hard to beat. But I did uh, hear that at the Movistar camp in Spain that Anamique was, you know, training with training with the men. Mm. So, you know, going out and um, bossing it there. So uh, I guess be afraid, everyone else. Yeah. Is... Are we excited, beautiful people? Is that, a, is that an obvious question? Are we excited about the season ahead? We haven't had as many digestives as you. Whoa. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out, in Central Europe, at least, it is half past ten at night. <laughs> and it's half past nine and it could be any time of day or night for new mum, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that will explain that silence. I can see no, from no, your it's, faces you're it's, excited. You don't need to yeah, tell yeah. me, but verbalising for the audience maybe you know, on the podcast. You know me, Orla. <laughs> you know me, I'm always, I'm always very excited. I'm excited. Always very excited, uh, bubbling underneath the surface. No. I'm excited. You're like a swan, Richard. You're, I am. Your paddling legs are really excited. Yeah. You're very serene <laughs> yeah. on top. I'm excited about um, Tour de France fam because yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be great. And we've I'm got some plans for that. that. 
and Pirate Bay, Pirate Bay. You know, again, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm properly, properly excited about Pirate. Especially Bay. now, properly. it's back, back on a separate day. It's now yes, back on great. a Saturday, yeah, 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 which yeah. is really good news. So, yeah, yeah. No, if that was the only race all year, I'd still be happy. That's the the one race I cannot wait for. No, I have to say, and I'm really excited about Paris Bay. Um, Tour de France, Tour de France fam, I'm kind of like I'm ex- excited for a little yeah. nervous, curious. About. I'm it's, curious. It's a very also I just feel like it's it gets very very busy in the season uh, in the summer, and you know, hmm. like we mentioned, like the squads are not not massive, um, so I'm just kind of. Sorry. I think there'll be there'll be such interest around it though. You oh know? yeah, but I'm kind of anxiously anticipating it. I feel like you want it to you live know, up to it. Yeah, I don't want the you know because it's it's such a crowded season of of stage races mm. that I you know I don't want the teams to be kind of spread too thin. And I think that they will send their best squad uh, to the Tour de France. Oh, for I think, sure. You know, for sure. no doubt um, they will. But um, I guess I'm kind of yeah a little uh, nervous about how it's all gonna play out. But um, Always excited. Always excited. Mm. You can't not Bring be. it on 2022. So we'll be creeping ever closer to the start of the Women's World Tour in Stradivianki. And before that, obviously, we'll have that opening weekend in Belgium. It's all to get excited for. So yeah. I guess this is a perfect time for for us to, to sign off. And as you said, order is creeping towards midnight now. So... Um, we probably and I've still got at least half a packet of chocolate digestives to finish oh so jealous of that (laughs) before bedtime I am so jealous of that so thank you and it's been lovely to be back with you both and to have your company after it was I think it was September was last time we were all together so that's a long old time people will be forgetting you look wonderful motherhood suits you I'm delighted for you oh I don't know about that I'm not sure about that I feel like I've aged horribly I think I've aged horribly it was a picture I saw Welcome the other to day. Rose. Well, I know, and it literally looked like you know those old, old people wrinkle filters that you get. The it filters. literally looked like someone had put one of them on me. I couldn't believe it. No, so, no. Well, you must have put a youthful filter on this one because you look you look banging. Well, I'm going to spend all of the baby's university fund on uh, skincare now. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm going to do now. Well, yeah, you don't want them. You don't want them to have too much too early in life. Oh you can't no. Come with a silver spoon in their mouths, make no. them fight for it. Yeah, and you can sure. just look hot. Yeah. Oh, great. Sounds perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, Richard. Thank you. Great to have you He's back. Just... <laughs> oh, you're very well. Still here. Yeah, I know. I was going to say you're just soaking in the atmosphere. Well, thank you, uh, and thank you, Orla, and see you guys thank next you. time. See you next month. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. <laughs>